It's time for Truth, a ministry of Truth Family Bible Church in Middleton, Idaho. It's time for Truth exists to glorify God through the edification of His saints and our local church, and for the benefit of the church around the world. I'm your host, Pastor Danny Steinmeier, and I'm joined in studio by my friend and fellow elder at TFBC, Jim Berg. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you for being there as we are here today uh, on a gorgeous fall uh, morning. Uh, th- this weather has been fantastic. It's, it's a great time to be in Idaho, uh, gearing up for hunting season, at least at the time of this recording. Uh, it's just around the corner for us and looking forward to uh, all the things of the change of the seasons. We were just talking about things on the podcast before the podcast about the value of the seasons and the the, the rhythm of life where there is seasons and breaks and different things like that where where our activities uh, change. We're looking forward to uh, this time. And so um, we're, we're grateful for our, the opportunity to meet together today and to be able to talk to you about, I think, what's a, a really important subject. We, we think uh, economics is, once again, a not, it's not a unspiritual, is that for your double negative, it is a spiritual thing, and uh, we we recognize that all of life um, relates to our relationship with God and our spiritual endeavors that um, are important for us to consider that we might glorify God in every way. Before we get into our topic uh, related to economics today, Jim, how are you? Yeah, doing really good, and it's a great time to be in the Treasure Valley. Uh, I love this season. I can't believe we're already in October. Um, but yeah, we've got winter coming, but this this season, this fall season, is it's my favorite and it just feels like it flies by probably because it's my favorite. So really enjoy that. And I'm, I'm excited about today's topic. I think it's in in the world of economics, this one particularly hits home because we address it at some point in our life, no matter what. And we talk about home loans and things. And so as we get into this one, um, I think it's an important one to look at it biblically and understand it well. It, it gets down to the fundamentals really of of economics and, and, and an economy as well. And we'll... we'll uh, break that down as we go along. And let's go ahead and introduce our topic for today. We're, we're going to be talking about lending and borrowing, also the the subject of debt. And uh, it's an important uh, economic principle and understanding of how we uh, relate to it. Uh, to start off with, uh, the, the key principle for economics, and this is what I loved about uh, some of the stuff that George Gilder talked about in relationship to capitalism, that capitalism is a system of love. We're taught that it's a system ba- built on greed. That is incorrect. It is a system that is built on, lo- on love. And really, that's what this topic today also drives home to us from a Christian perspective, is the recognition that lending and borrowing must maintain uh, the principle of love within it. Uh, lending to someone is a way to love them. And, uh, it, and it highlights the idea in Scripture as well that borrowing is a legitimate thing. Borrowing uh, to be in debt is not by itself a sinful practice. Now, the Bible gives us plenty of warnings. We're going to talk about some of those. Right. But uh, it is an important element of what it means to be loving and to take the blessings of God and to be generous with them in our 
practices in the economy and, and with relationships wherein we lend. And of course, that means that assumes there are borrowers. Now, the, I think though the in place to start, even though we are acknowledging that there is love within the relationship, that there is uh, nothing sinful by itself in that debt and debtor relationship, uh, the scripture is very clear in Proverbs 22, verse 7, that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Now, I think another important part to add to that is Scripture is not saying that slavery is, again, inherently bad or sinful, right? Slavery is a concept throughout the Bible, and there are provisions made for it. Uh, The Bible does not abolish all forms of slavery. And, And when you understand, though, that the borrower and the lender is a slave, slave owner relationship. Um, you recognize that, it, and, and it, it can be one of love. You recognize that slavery is a fundamental concept. And so, when we talked about in the New Testament, John MacArthur became well known in the last, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years, maybe, maybe it's longer now, as time flies. He wrote a book called Slave, because slave is actually a fundamental understanding of what it means to be in relationship with God that we are slaves of Christ. That's one of the major identities of the New Testament authors, is they would identify themselves as as slaves of Christ. Well, that can't be just an automatically sinful relationship. It's a relationship, actually, of of love and a proper uh, sense towards one another. And this is such an important concept. I do like Gilder's description of that, that capitalism in and of itself is love. The issue isn't the system of capitalism that God's designed. It's the people that are involved in it. And yes. so, so now the question is, is who are you a slave to? Mm-hmm. And then even within the context of borrowing and lending, who are you indebted to? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it a godly man or is it an ungodly man? And that, that's ultimately the difference between those two. Well, and in the and, and, and there's a couple of things here. One, uh, debt and some measure of ownership or slavery. Again, you can have minor and major concepts of that. We're going to build that out a little bit further because I'm going to suggest to you that the entirety of our economy is built on uh, on debtor um, or lender borrower and now. Concept. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so we'll. we'll, uh, we'll, I want to tease that out a minute. But the the idea here is that in the New Testament, however, it's very clear that it is preferable to not be a slave. Correct. You actually want to be the rich person. Right. And it it goes back to some of our previous discussion that wealth and riches are not a negative thing in God's uh, economy, both spiritually and uh, and and physically. Right. And uh, in reality. Those are demonstrations of his blessing and of his favor, and he uh, wants us to have less debt and less slavery uh, because there is great growth, there is great obedience, there is great blessing that comes from following the Lord and walking in his paths. And we talk about, Danny, we talk about God's normative means for things. It's the same in economics. It is the the number of long-term investments that God talks about, building it little by little, faithfully over a long period of time, learning about debt as you grow in your income, as you grow in your resources that you have, is so wise. And, and who do you get that from? Well, obviously the Bible and wisdom, but you've got older men 
that have been successful that are available for you to come alongside and understand. And I would contend to even borrow from. Yes. And that's, we see that in the old Testament. That's the model. And that's, that's the model because now you're not enslaved to the world. You're not enslaved to a president that decides he's going to give student loan freedom mm-hmm. to certain people whom he wants to. Don't get me to, started. Don't I get know. Started. Who, we'll get there. Who wants to vote for him <laughs> and he ignores all the nice truck drivers and, and hard blue collar working men. But you're indebted, you're, you are indebted in terms of financially to a man who is going to have understanding and wisdom and patience and mm-hmm. is a godly man. And see, the point of debt is is hopefully to not have to be in debt again because it right. is it is using money so as to gain as and, and to grow. Right. Uh, and where debt gets very um, bad and risky is when you're living on debt. Right. When you're living in, in such a way where, where debt is, you, you need debt in order to put food in your mouth, uh, right. on your table, right? Right. Th- those are, uh, those are things that become, um, very onerous and very dangerous and, and in, a, in a negative way, especially in when you're dealing with, uh, significant in- issues of interest. But the guiding principle in the scripture about the lender and the borrower is one of love. The lender is obligated to treat the slave, if you will, fairly. And and the goal is not to ultimately be taking advantage of someone. And, and that really leads us to the, the Jewish, I'm going to add Jewish Christian lending, uh, because these, th- these principles are rooted in the Old Testament. And just a, a quick aside, it just reminds us of the connectivity that we have as New Testament believers to our Old Testament scriptures and and to the Jewish people uh, who to whom we owe a debt, uh, which is which is what the scripture outlines. But uh, that's why I'm just saying I'm highlighting it really as a Jewish Christian lending practice. And these principles that were given to God's people in the Old Covenant, uh, I believe, should be applied and understood for us today, that we, we ought to be, and we would be far better off if we would begin to, to apply these principles. And I don't think we have a great appreciation for them as we need to. And in this, in the context of the world, we'll look at Jewish people or, or, you know, that ethnicity, and they'll say things like, well, they're shrewd or, you know, they're greedy. Well, the, the shrewdness part is actually a wise shrewd. Like that is right. a good thing. Right. They actually, because of what they did in the Old Testament, those practices were built into that nation and into the behaviors for them for so long. A lot of the legitimate anti—anything said, quote, negatively about the Jews is seen to be uh, anti-Semitic, and I, I reject a lot of that. However, a lot of the real anti-Semitism is jealousy. Exactly. It's jealousy. Exactly. Right, because they are because they're applying uh, Old Testament principles to economic, to their to their 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 cultural economics, it turns out that there's sowing and reaping principles that make them more successful. And those practices are available to everyone else. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's so the there's there's things that we need to really take to heart, right. I believe, to to learn from. And one of those great examples is Exodus 22. And uh, we'll get there eventually, you know, probably next year sometime uh, in our series through the book of Exodus. But Exodus 22, verse 25, if you lend money to my people, to the poor among you, you are not to act as a creditor to him. You shall not charge him interest. If you ever take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you are to return it to him before the sun sets. For that is his only covering. It is his cloak for his body. What else shall he sleep in? And it shall come about that when he cries out to me, I will hear him. 
for I am gracious. And so this is a, a clear from the Lord uh, communication of regulative principles regarding economics of lending and borrowing. Now, today, and we probably won't have time to get into all of this today, but in terms of a lot of what's happened today, we've outsourced a lot of things to industries, institutions uh, outside of our communities, and that's kind of getting back to where the Jewish community has th- has thrived and has done very well, is that they've been able to maintain more in-house dealings with one another so that um, so that they can really get ahead. And, and when you go outside this, uh, the community, and, and you're dealing with with um, corporations and and different entities outside of the community, uh, it, it becomes harder to get ahead. But the Jews uh, again have that reputation uh, regarding money. They are often wealthy and successful at business. And one of the main principles of their monetary success is this application of God's law regarding lending and borrowing. Because if you're going to lend money to a fellow, a Jewish person, you are not allowed to charge him interest. It's a loan. And so we have to acknowledge, first of all, that that lending and borrowing, that debt itself, is not against the, the, against the Scripture. God actually uh, provides a clear understanding of expectation that this is going to happen. Right. And again, we'll get there in a, in a minute. I keep teasing it out. But I'm going to suggest to you it is actually a fundamental relationship in uh, of economics, um, but in the law, you see that you can ask for security. See, one of the things in that in that law is you can ask for security. You can take his cloak. Now, what we see, I believe, here in this principle is that fundamental economic principle of borrower and lender. So let me set up a. Um, we 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 think of it in terms of a bigger concept of loaning, of of bar- lending and borrowing. But I want to suggest to you that this is a daily work uh, employee-employer relationship. So here's, uh, as a for instance, in a particular relationship, a person gives up his cloak and he says, you better give it to him at the end of the day. Well, what kind of a loan is this? Well, what's happening here is there, there's a, a couple possibilities, but one of them is the idea that when you give yourself your labor, your time, your talent, and your resources to perform a job, you're being hired by this person. The, the, the person doing the hiring for the job, uh, he is the one who actually becomes in debt. And, um, and, and what happens here is that when he, um, so let's just assume it's a day laborer, right? You are actually uh, lending this person your skills and your talents and your time while you wait on time for the for the payment of it, that's right. Right now, in our in our current situation, in a lot of in a lot of uh, industries, right. Uh, for instance, when I worked at Blue Cross, I would work for approximately two weeks. I was giving them my time. Um, I, I was I was hired. I, I, basically, they were indebted to me. Exactly. Because I was giving them my my resources, right. I was giving them my time and my talents and my person, and but I would do it for two weeks without getting paid, knowing that there was a promise at the end of two weeks that I would get paid, 
And um, and that's the that's what I mean by the entire economic system is built on lending and borrowing. He borrowed my services, to which then I would uh, later receive payment for it. Yeah, I like that I like sense? that. We talked about this earlier. It's the description of debt. It's borrowed productivity. It's borrowed future productivity, and that's Correct. exactly what you're saying. Is I produced for two weeks. They were indebted to me because I gave them that productivity. And now they pay you. They compensate for you. And by the way, when they pay you, the clock starts again. That's right. You work for two more weeks. That's right. They First are in, and the 15th. You're the loner. You've given them your skills and assets. That's right. And then they owe that to you because of the production they gained by hiring you in what is a debtor-loner relationship. And in that debtor-loner relationship, there is uh, the expectation and the and the promise or the the encouragement and the um, the law in scripture that you pay your person. And this goes, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself yeah. to where I plan to go, but that's where James chapter five really gets into the idea of, of uh, you, you, sometimes we think that the person who is in debt is, is poor. And of course it, it, it does um, treat certain things that way, but sometimes the person who is using debt is the rich person, right. and he is he is to not withhold the the payment to the person who he owes the money to. Yeah, and so uh, James especially, and is highlighting the heart of God in that uh, in, in that we saw here in Exodus that look if if they have to cry out to me for that if, if for you are refusing to pay them, it's a serious thing. I am a gracious God, and I will hear their cry. And don't expect to be a business that flourishes if you don't pay your people and you don't pay them on time. See, that's the thing. Even even as an individual worker, if someone hires you to do something specific and they don't pay you, what do you say? They owe me. That's like, right. They literally owe you. Now, that's, the, the flip of that's that— That's debt. Yeah, the flip of that is that he pays you in advance to do that work. Guess what? You owe him. That's right. And, and that's, so it, it works whether you're paid or prepaid. There's exactly right, Jim. Exactly right. There, there's risk on both sides. Right. And you know, we all know the the stories of hiring the contractor, right? You want him to come uh, put in your swimming pool. This is the classic California scam, right? Yep. Uh, you're going to hire a guy to come put in your swimming pool. He says, well, I, I need a certain amount up front. up front. He takes the money up front, and then you never hear from him again. You can't get to him, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, um, and, and th that sounds like a horror story and it is, and, and that's a really bad situation. And, and that's more of what we're kind of more familiar with in our culture in our society and our economy, that those types of upfront payments are at risk. Um, but it can go the other way as well. Yeah. And, and your point, point. And, and it's a point well taken is that in either of those relationships, there's a lender and borrower it's built into the system. Exactly right. And so it, you exactly. cannot avoid it. It can't be that you can't. You can't have a loan, otherwise you couldn't work. I mean, you would, you fundamentally would run out of people that would pay you in advance, right? And then so, you owe them, and so you'd be going against your own principle. So, in the in the idea of Exodus uh, twenty two, the idea there is that it is possible that you might ex expect some measure of um, security to be put up in order to do that. So, right? So, in the debtor uh, lender relationship. There is the there there is the possibility of seeking to have some measure of security that is put forward, right? To say you can take my word that I am going to be good for what I said I'm going to do, right? 
And that's a proper thing. There's a there's a, a value in those types of of safety safeguards. So, for instance, if I'm going to pay my pool guy in advance, it's like okay, that's fine. But until um, until you start, your skid steer is parked at my property, and I'm and I'm holding the title until until you're the halfway part of where of, or, or, or right. until you're done or something. I, I you're going to put that up as security. I'm not going to pay you. 50% of the of the job for the pool without having any hole in the ground in my yard, um, I, I, I should have some measure of security. And sometimes a person will try to put up a bond or something like that. But um, there, there's things that you can be doing. And, and so the scripture legitimizes that concept of security. And really what we're talking about there, Danny, is you're, you're creating a dependency on that other person. You, I, I have to go back and get that piece of equipment. So I have to do the work. That's so, right. So it's this d- dependency on the person. And, and it's kind of the more you know the person, the less dependencies you need, or maybe the more you need. <laughs> I mean, so that, that does That's work right. both ways. But it's That's the right. idea of if you're a faithful person and you're reliable, right, you're going to need less of that over time. You're going to be indebted less because of your reputation and who you are. And that even goes back to the idea of, of hiring someone outside of the community versus within the community that you know and that has to stay in within your community so that when like you said when you get to know someone and you trust them because you've seen their character you've seen their work and you live with them in a church context as a for instance then um then there you you can perhaps require less security because uh, really those things are based on people's word and and their commitment to you and if you can trust them then there's less security in the description of the law here the point here though is that when the job is done you make sure that that piece of security is given back immediately right. you don't hold on to it uh, because he's actually put something up value uh, uh, something up of value for himself and so in that relationship it's just an important element that we keep our word that we pay on time that we um, uh, that we recognize how that relationship is and then when we re- when we look at it from the standpoint of of love then that's going to also make more of a, a difference for us. It's interesting because I'm going to branch into this, but it's the, because you've got this dependency, this this borrowing and loaning relationship, no matter what, even with the worker, the idea of of how you go about doing your work includes more than the work itself. It includes more than just installing the pool. It's installing the pool and it's communicating, here's what's happening. And so I can't think of how many times in my career where people have not communicated well um, they said they were going to be done in a week and then at day eight or nine, now they're communicating with you. Well, that that is literally, it's an infringement on your commitment as well. You you committed to the things that you say, not only the project, but the time schedule that it's on and, and how you're doing on that. And, you know, you're, you're disrespecting other people by not communicating well as well. And things happen. I'm not saying it shouldn't have taken 10 days or that things come up, but as soon as you become aware of that, you communicate that to the other person because guess what? That other person is multiplexing a bunch of his time into other areas and he could be more efficient and a better steward of his time if he knew you were going to be late. That is such a huge thing, Jim. And I would say, um, hopefully, listener, you're putting an exclamation point on that. And I would say, and just in observation and some experience in Idaho, I'd say that's a weakness in Idaho. Um, I I was talking to someone even recently where it's that, that type of thing where... It, communication 
is part of your word and the trust that you that you've created with this person. So what you're talking about here is look, sometimes you you give the best estimate that you can, but if you just let that go unspoken and then you run past what you've told people to expect without as you are made aware communicating that something has changed right. and is there anything that we need to do in order to uh, mitigate the the issues regarding why it's taking longer or so forth or just communicating it allows your word to be trustworthy and it allows there to be a a, a greater sense of a positive relationship in business yeah and we we see it in business we see it i would say we see it in setting up the church it's it's the same philosophy of demonstrating a level of respect for what you committed to right so and then the other key element in this particular law is the prohibition against charging your brother interest and this is an interesting element as well. Tell me the power, Jim, of an interest-free loan. It's incredible, right? I mean, right? Yeah. talk about so trust, character, growth. It's it's looking to grow the community. It's grow, to grow the 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 benefit and the impact and the and the wealth overall of the and the and the services of the community. Well, and when when someone is doing that for you, if you're the if you're the borrower in this situation that person is owed a debt of listening to his wisdom. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you owe him because he is doing this. He's basically losing money on the deal. <laughs> he's losing his own interest that he could be making somewhere else. Yes. And at least, at least at first. And then also another, right. another element of that is an interest-free loan is a significant advantage for you in the public. In the marketplace. Exactly. In the marketplace. Exactly. It's a huge advantage. Exactly. And and so you have the ability for uh, greater growth, um, assuming you're not a knucklehead. And I'll, I'll, we'll get to that part in a little bit. But why? Let's ask the question, why would this be an issue for God to give this type of law word instruction to his people regarding their economic dealings? What business is this of God's? Why would he want this? to be our, an economic principle of lending and borrowing for his people. Because he's, he's building blessings into his design such that his people will be blessed and have an advantage over the, the rest nations. of the world. Yeah, those people that are defying him. That's a huge part. Uh, I read a, a, a Jewish author on this subject, quote, the reason Torah prohibits interest between Jews is simply because your fellow Jew is family, he says. It's just not appropriate for family members to help each other out on terms of interest. The Jewish nation is meant to behave as a cohesive unit, like a single organism, each one concerned for the other's benefit as much with his own, end quote. It's, again, the idea here is love, and it's family, it's closeness, and it's, and it's so the, the, uh, the main issue of lending and borrowing, so now we're getting more away from just the idea of the ordinary economic transaction, it includes it. But now we're talking more in the idea of perhaps longer term loans, uh, the, the loans in which someone would take in order to start a business or perhaps to buy a piece of land or to start a, or to, uh, to buy a home or you know, maybe those types of, of things. Uh, and, um, and it could be in the smaller level, right? It could be on the level of buying food it could be on the level of you know these depreciables, right? The the buying a car. It, it could be those types of things as well, those um, uh, consumables and so forth. Uh, or it could be a a loan. Once I, once again, what I already said, the idea of building of starting a business or 
or something that has uh, appreciative value. But in the in the Jewish community, if you get a loan, uh, this is something I confirmed with my dad yesterday. Uh, he had uh, this is again third hand, so you can take it for what it's worth. But I I, I believe it, it it to be an accurate thing. This is, this comes from a Jewish tailor that had um, uh, that my parents had a relationship, and he described the Jewish economic principle of loaning interest free. And if you in a, you're a Jewish person and you are going to go to a, a, a Jewish source of lending for an interest-free loan, um, you could get that loan. However, if you fail in that business, as a for instance, or you default, you can come back and you can get another interest-free loan. And if you fail and if you default, you will never see another dime. Right, right. right? Yeah. Like, two strikes. Two strikes and 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 and, yeah. and you're out. Yeah. Um there is a there is a generosity, there is a willingness to um uh, to care for you and to give you an opportunity and to take a risk on you. And then but there is the expectation that if you're um, if you're going to take that loan, that it's a it's a weighty responsibility to make good on it. I think it also opens up a level of inspection at the beginning as well. Like if you're gonna if you're going to give an interest free loan, mm -hmm. you are going to go in there and be able to weigh: is this person going to be successful? You're you're yeah. you're investing into looking into that. It's not a whim. You need to have a good business plan. Exactly. I need to see your business plan and and this your is, personal economics. And, and or this whatever, is what yeah. you said: is is you're looking at that person's character. You're looking at the history of that person as best you can, mm -hmm. because if he has a history of failing, he's not going to get any money, right? I That's mean, right. he's not going to get the loan. That's right. Whereas if you have a history of, I would even say being successful, like if God is blessing what you're doing, or maybe you're young and you've but you've demonstrated character, right? So that so that right. you are willing to take a risk on a man's character, right? Um, he, he's putting his name on the line, yeah, right. That's what sometimes that's the collateral, right? That, that a man might put up. It's it's my name it's and it's my work. character. It's, right. it's it's what I've what I've done. I might not have a lot of resources or money right now but would you be willing to bank on who i am and so this goes to another element of economics it, it comes down to the heart it comes down to your character it comes down to being a truth teller and being a man of integrity and uh, one who is willing and able to do good work hard work honest work uh, all those things and then you become someone that is uh, that someone would be willing to invest in you and to the point of even interest free uh, that's an important element. Another element of this reason for not charging a Jewish brother in the context uh, interest is for the sake of not taking advantage of someone. So um, th there's, of course, the uh, one of the major problems in our day are these payday loan type of stuff, right? This is an amazing and huge problem. We don't have time to get into it all today. That might be another good topic on another episode. But the idea of of really you're you're kicking a man when he's down by the amount of interest that you end up charging him, and that's a, a big part of what this is. If you're dealing with uh, you're loaning someone who is poor, loaning to someone who is poor, uh, interest is that which really takes more advantage of him, and um, and that's why I'm pointing to this this overarching principle. No, this is about love. You are going, you're actually loaning because you're generous. Not because you have uh, baked into it a hope for yourself getting rich. You do not want to be getting rich on the backs of the poor by taking advantage of them. And into some level, 
interest can be a way of taking advantage of someone. And so that, those are, the I think, the primary reasons why God would build, build this in, bake this into the Jewish cake, if you will, is the idea that you would not charge a brother interest. And then what, what a powerful position to set him up in, especially as a man of character, to build something and to make something that he's going to then pay you on time, he's going to honor his word, and he's going to, um, he's going to follow through on what you've invested in. Yeah, those, those day loans, you got me going on that. My mind is wandering into that. That, that literally— Hit it. Go for it. It is as bad as gambling. I mean, truly, there's no way out of that. The interest rate is so high, literally at the end of the period, you, you, you can't possibly work your way out of that. You're, you're borrowing so much from your future productivity that you actually go further into poverty. And mm-hmm. so that, to me, is gambling. It's literally stealing. It's unethical. It, um, what you're saying is it's those payday loan-type situations, they're taking advantage yeah. of the poor. It's the pure evil. evil. Which is what gambling is. Yeah, it's break. pure evil. Good. No, that's, that's, that's true. And so when it comes to this idea of... Um, we already while we're here anyway, let's bring up the subject of usury. Uh, sometimes usury gets a little bit uh, confusing because sometimes usury is seen as, as simply the charging of interest. And, um, and that is, if, if that's what you're defining it as, it's, it is improper biblically. The scripture warns us about charging usury, of course, then to uh, a brother. But usury is typically understood as exorbitant interest. See, that's what those payday loan things right. are, and, and that's sometimes these other... Um, lines of credit that the interest rate is extremely high. Yeah, and the people of Israel were allowed to loan to people outside of Israel. Exactly. Add an with in, interest. Add an interest rate. Correct. But the difference is, is that was a fair interest rate versus an abusive interest rate. So again, because we're representing God, we have to do this in a fair way. So there's a that's a huge difference between those two. Absolutely. So. And I'm glad you hit on that. Yes, it, the idea of interest is not by itself also a sinful or um, or terrible thing. There is a sense of making a profit and an investment for for gain in a relationship that God is simply telling his people, among yourselves, don't do that. But as you have dealings with the nations, as you have dealings of commerce with outsiders, aliens, as they're called, people who would come into Jerusalem, as a for instance, and conduct business from the outside, whether they're selling uh, cedars from Lebanon, or whether they're selling their their linens and their and their dyes and their and their commodities and so forth, you could enter into relationships with them, indebted relationships, wherein uh, you could charge someone interest. It's but the point is, even in those relationships, you are not to be uh, charging. You be fair. You right. treat them well. And I I think the rationale behind that, the biblical rationale is, is that those people are less known to you. They are a higher risk profile than somebody in your own. And there is an aspect of, you know, another believer is, has, has to understand that even you as the loner, it's a stewardship from God. And so ultimately that person is accountable to God where somebody, just anyone in the marketplace that doesn't have a belief system, you know, it's just a loan. And another thing that I think this really highlights, there's a lot of talk today about um, income inequality. Uh, There is a lot of talk today about um, people being paid different wages, wage gaps, and different things like this. But I I think this highlights, though, that even within Israel, there was a reality and normalcy, an expectation of the inequality of outcomes. Some people are rich. 
and they are then able to lend. And the, actually, the more rich people you have, the more lending can, it can and should take place. Others are poor, and sometimes that's where you start. And there's a value there, and there's lessons there. And we want to um, we want to be mindful of that. Yeah, there's lessons on both sides. Absolutely. So you know we, we've been blessed on the richer side of it, I would say um, that we have, and but we've seen just as many lessons on that side, like truly seeing character of people and the way that we approach things and the way that people approach you with a certain expectation. And so there's lessons on both sides. And and why are some people blessed and some people why are some people rich and some people poor? Because that's the way God designed it. Like. Because of, because of the, for the sake of his providential right. purposes right. and, and for our, and for, as, as believers, of course, for our sanctification, right. sometimes he wants his people to experience poverty. Sometimes the poverty is the result of, of even believers uh, reaping poor decisions and right. things that we've sown. And the Lord lets, uh, lets us uh, experience those. Right. Sometimes it's important for parents to allow their children to reap the consequences of the things that they've sown. And the part of the point of studying scripture and being a believer who has faith in the Lord is to follow his principles and to make wise decisions so that you are in the position of reaping what you have sown, sowing wisdom, sowing good right. decisions. Right. And Knowing so, that if something's happening, that God is purposeful in that happening. And then upon receiving the blessing, as a for instance, right. uh, you are to not uh, be boastful and proud in, uh, in, in all that you have done for yourself. Right but rather to acknowledge the Lord and to be one who is generous in return with others. Right. And, and generous, sometimes I think we think, because we talk about stewardship, that generous just means you give your money away to um, the church, or you just give your money away. Missions or... Or whatever. Right. And, and the idea is that, the, that it, you're just to give it away. Well, that's not entirely the biblical economic uh, model for God's people, right. sometimes that model is lending because in lending, you're actually teaching someone, you're investing in someone, you're building someone's character as they have to keep their word, as they have to make something of that that loan, and, that, and that, that's a b building a relationship. And talk about an interest-free loan. You mentioned, you hinted at it a little bit earlier, talk about a loving relationship wherein there is respect wherein there is a debt of gratitude that is owed right. uh, beyond the monetary, you know, when, when, when the completion of the loan is, is done, there is still a, a debt that is owed. Oh yeah. Right. It, yeah. And it's, a, and it should be a relationship of loving gratitude wherein you have entered into a, a relationship with someone and it's come out successful and all the more the love that has grown and built between those people. Uh, I remember a guy, I'm going to tell a story. I remember he was going to jail. The IRS was going to, he, he was deeply in debt and he was literally going to go to jail. He was be, beyond penalty phase. And uh, we decided that we were going to intervene in that. And so we we loaned him the money um, on a loan and he paid us back X amount, no interest, X amount per month for a period of time. And, and he was incredibly grateful <laughs> One, that he didn't go to jail, and he was a relatively new believer. And what we chose to do, and this was our choice, is we chose to save up every month that he gave it to us. And at the end of that period, we gave it back to him, demonstrating here's what building here's, here's what building it looks like. And he's just like overwhelmed. And so we had already written it off, essentially, saying, look, mm -hmm. this is what we are going to do. But the lesson in growing that he saw with his months of giving us, that he got back, 
It's such a beautiful picture. And he wasn't owed it back. It's such an understanding right? of the way that God blesses us. We were able to do that because God blessed us. And he saw the blessing of that because we were able to do that. And so that's that's the principle is hold on to those things loosely because God's the one that blesses, but follow his principles, which are there for us. Yeah. And in that, there you had the freedom to forgive that loan. We'll get to, we'll get to this in a little bit, right? right? You had the freedom to forgive it. You allowed the loan to... Uh, to follow through. Right. And then beyond that, you blessed him beyond just the relationship of the loan. You then gave him a gift uh, right. beyond that. And, and Because we saw his And that was your freedom. You, had, you didn't have to. Because he had the wisdom to follow those practices. You wanted to reward even beyond his, uh, his loan. His, his, we his, wanted to reward the wisdom he was learning. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. And, uh, and so those are, those are wonderful. See, this is what we're trying to highlight here these are to be motivated from and and sought out and administered from the heart and principle of love for other people and the money's not the important part like it's just it's a piece of it but it's a tool that we use to grow people and ourselves in wisdom and dependency on god it's a vehicle for spiritual life right and again we've i talk about this a lot i i I'm not going to apologize, um, <laughs> that we have to get away from this Gnostic dualism of separating, you know, the things, the dirty things of economics and the, and the, the necessary evils of, of work and economy and, and debt and all this. No, these are, these are vehicles, tools. I, that's the right word for it. Tools in a stewardship understanding. Uh, it's a tool for accomplishing and building spiritual muscles and realities and love for one another. And uh, and of course, it, it can go poorly when love is not uh, meted out and sin enters into the picture, that it fractures relationship, it damages trust, right. and uh, and then economic issues and, and physical realities are affected by those things. But the physical and the spiritual are not disconnected. They're actually uh, intertwined. Completely uh, completely, connected, yeah. Right? And... and if you hold on to those things loosely, if you know that these are all gods and you hold on to it loosely, if he chooses to move it away from you, if he chooses to take it away, then you're ready for it. You're going, God, there's a purpose in this. Like, it's not necessarily that I'm comfortable, mm -hmm. but guess what? Comfort isn't part of being faithful. So comfort is something that you feel, not something that necessarily you are. Mm. And so you, you learn this by holding on to these things loosely, that it's all gods. He's using it purposefully to... to a, glorify him, but also to be, grow you. And you think of Job and the suffering that he experienced, and yet we all need to get to the spiritual condition and place of saying, the Lord gives, right. the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the right. will, That's that looseness that says it belongs to God. So if he takes it, and if I lose it, it's because he took it. Uh, that's, a, that's a view of, of providence and his sovereignty, then, uh, then I can trust him, and then seek to understand what it is he wants to teach me through right. that. Right? A wonderful uh, text. I really uh, like this one. Proverbs 19, 17. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. This is, the again, that connection of the physical and the spiritual. Let me read it again. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he, the Lord, will repay him for his good deed. What a wonderful text to recognize that when you are engaged in relationships with the poor uh, in terms of being the lender, 
you are in a you, what you are doing is Jesus talked about this, right? Uh, if you've done this to any of the least of these, he says you've done it to me. To me. And and so the interconnectedness of the spiritual reality of these ordinary economic relationships are are really important to see that when you are when you are lending to a poor man when you are gracious to him to give in his need um, that you're doing that to the lord uh, that's a it's a neat concept and so we need to we need to re-spiritualize our our economic relationships with one another and just retooling that i want to make sure you've got the poor among you and then you've got the poor of the world and they are treated differently i think that's a really i want to i really want to emphasize that because i think yeah. the world will misuse that and say oh look all the rich people should be giving to the poor because they're not, we're going to redistribute, right? I mean, that's that's kind of their justification is, is they they literally take this out of context and use it to their own evil purposes. Well, and we need to, we'll just put a pin here to and come back to it, but the idea of the difference between the government doing this and the government becoming right. a lender. Right. And, and, and we're, this is talking about regulating the relation and it's a minimal relation it's a minimal regulation by the way it's very freedom oriented but the idea here is that these are relationships between individuals and individual businesses and the people within their community this is not the one of of the right. redistribution by which is which is theft right and uh, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Are we getting there to the student loans? Because that is theft. Oh, we're getting okay. there. We're getting there. It's <laughs> on the agenda. But one of the things about, um, you already highlighted, Jim, we're just going to probably hit this real quickly. It is legitimate scripturally. It, it is it is clear that you are able to charge interest to outsiders. Right. And uh, so it's not against interest and not against loans and debt as even a, a concept. Once again, Leviticus 25, 35 to 38 says, Now in case a countryman of yours becomes poor and his means with regard to you falter, then you are to sustain him like a stranger or a sojourner that he may live with you. Do not take usurious interest from him, but revere your God that your countrymen may live with you. You shall not give him your silver at interest nor your food for gain. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. Uh, this one doesn't, again, uh, speak specifically to the outsider, but uh, it's speaking to the issue of the um, the countryman who becomes poor. You're not to take advantage of him. Instead, you are to be generous and loving towards him and not to charge him and not to take advantage of him in his low state. Yeah, and I like Luke 6. I'm, I'm going to read that. It says, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. I think that, that that's the thing that triggered me early in this study many, many years ago. This was, is even outsiders. Uh, th these are outsiders. These yeah. are enemies. These are people that are, are not believers. The expecting nothing in return to me, it, it completely went to their risk profile is higher. Does that make sense? Like you, you lower your expectations when you're loaning to somebody that you don't know because mm -hmm. you, you don't know what they're going to do. And so in your own, even in your own mind, even in your own, like God can take and, and, and give, you, you're going, look, this is a higher risk loan than if I'm loading, than if I'm supporting somebody in the church. A huge thing, Jim, because you're saying your expectations are lower uh, with low character people or lower character people with, with unsanctified and not having the indwelt spirit of God. You have, your expectations are lower for outsiders. So you need to be aware and, there, and you're, there's going to be safeguards and expectations and there's the ability um, uh, to, to interact and do that, but you have to be mindful. That means the higher expectation is within your community. And this is an important element. 
uh, this ties into another subject that Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians. And the problem that the 1 Corinthians church had, uh, the, the church in Corinth had, and that was that they were taking each other to court. Oh, I was just going to go there. Yeah. Over their over their uh, their difficulties among believers in their business dealings and in, in in interactions with each other. Actually, you you and an unbeliever in alone have one authority to go to. It's the civil authority. That's, that's it. such an important concept, Danny. Where in the church, if you're loaning to another member of the church, your authority is truly the church under God, right? I it mean, is. Now, it, the civil authority is under God, but we all know what that looks like compared to... Paul warns, we have a testimony, though, right. that is at stake, that we bear the name, that we've right. taken the name, and now if you're going to go to court right. with another brother, right. you're, you're going to be doing that. You're basically saying, we as Christians are unable to uh, live and uh, and do business with each other with integrity. We're going to have conflicts and wars between each other, and we're now going to bring that before the state, a... a, a, a an ungodly civil magistrate to solve the problems that we ought to be able to solve ourselves because we have the principles of scripture. We have the, the concepts of, of repentance and forgiveness and justice and all these things that God gives us. We ought to be able to handle our disputes, Paul points out. And so it's important for us to, what you say when you talk about the higher expectation, you know what the higher expectation is? The expectation is you keep your word. Right. The expectation is you do what you said you were going to do, and you follow through. And sometimes you follow through to your hurt. And uh, and then it's also, again, building on the concept of love, you may need to be wronged by your brother. It's interesting how to, the world twists it. I think about the saying, don't buy or sell a car to your cousin or relative. It's the opposite it's of backwards. that. It's the opposite right. of that, right? Now, right. The, the world has spun that as such that you don't do that when we should. And the reality is, is when you do that and they hurt you, it hurts worse. Why? Because that's it's a loving to. relationship. Exactly. Yeah, it's supposed to. That, that it's um, and, and so the the element there that we have to bring back to because of the higher expectation, it it also brings into it the the church relationship that you do put at risk. Uh, but it's the good kind of risk. It's supposed to be that way, right. and it it may result in elements of sin. It may result in in relationships regarding authority in the church that uh, those can be disciplinable situations, right? Right, where uh, where if a person is defrauding someone in the church and is unrepentant and that issue can't be resolved, uh, it it may be brought to a James. Uh, the book of James uh, highlights an example of basically church court, wherein you have a rich man and a poor man comes in. They've got a conflict with each other. And James is very adamant. You do not show partiality to the guy who's the big giver in your church, the guy who's rich right. over the person who's poor. No, you treat them equally. But it is. A, but the point here is that this is a church matter wherein the issue of partiality and favoritism has to be properly recognized and avoided, and you need to judge righteously. Why do you have to judge righteously? Because judgments sometimes need to be made between people who have a dispute a misunderstanding or sin against one another. Sometimes you got to cut the baby in half <laughs> <laughs> within the within the camp. That's right, right within the camp. That's right, not out in the court, and yep. uh, and that's an important um, an important thing there. Um, I had another thought, and I and I might have lost it. Let's see if I can grab it here. Um, can't think of it right now. Let's let's go to um, uh, if I can. If I remember it, I will bring it back. 
let's get to this issue of loan and debt forgiveness. Now, in the Jewish system, um, ordered by God, they had a debt forgiveness system, didn't they, Jim? They sure did. What was this called? <laughs> Jubilee. Uh, that, that sounds like a word of excitement. It's good to borrow right before Jubilee and not loan right before Jubilee. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get a loan uh, in the 49th year, isn't it? Um, and, and that's not always great. Uh, and, and you obviously want to temper that because there are there can be people that take advantage. Yeah. Uh, but you also want to make sure that you are thoughtful about love and generosity. Uh, yeah, I'm totally people. kidding. Oh, I know. The principle is completely there. And actually, you're loaning to the person not because of the number of years that are left on it. You're doing it because you actually believe that person's going to be successful. That's right. Or else you wouldn't do it. That's right. So, And the idea of, of Jubilee, uh, Leviticus 25, it's built into the national system of regulation, and it ensures that all debt and debt slavery, right? You had you had a lot of the slavery was based on economics, based on debt, and and that was the the proper kind of slavery actually, and it was regulated, and it was all to be temporary. And how many people today, Jim, are so far in debt oh, that they will actually never get out from under it? How many people today are are dying uh, with debt, and and that's that's a that's not meant to be. That is not God's system of economics. And we're we're missing we're missing all of the entitlements that are handed out because all of those things inherently are debt. Welfare is a debt. You are taking from others and giving to someone else. It's we call it redistribution, but the reality is is there's still a biblical debt there. There's still a responsibility before God to what you're getting. And so we treat those entitlements as the poverty level or the poor need to have these things. Unequivocally not. Those are still things that you're indebted to. Hmm. So now in this case, we're indebted to the government, but the government is just a collection of people. Well, and when you get to this issue of the government, the government and the fundamental principle of understanding government is that the government does not uh, produce or create money. They might print it, but they they they're not um, they're not a producer. They're a taker. Right. And what happens is 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 in taxation and enforced taxation, like as we have in our in our system, it is a system of now with re, of redistribution. It's not to fund the government. Uh, we we just went through an issue of of once again the crisis moment. Will the government shut down? <laughs> And, and, and the problem is, is that the government has got, become so swollen and so, so huge that it is unfathomable to think that the government would not, um, uh, would not be able to fund all of its things. But the problem is, is that they've taken all of this money from the people who have done something by making it, earning it, and so producing, and they are spending it not for the government purposes that God has ordained, but, but because they have become God or dad in terms of pr being the provider of people's needs. If the government shuts down, we immediately, immediately become more productive. Mm. Immediately, because you've shut off a non-producing element. Now, there's aspects like the FAA and things where, you know, you don't have air travel, but ultimately, a, a national park shutting down such that you can't go for a walk in the woods, you can still go for a walk in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, and and you brought up the idea of of welfare, of these social safety nets 
that are that are run by um, by the government and they only get their money by by taxation. Right. We get to this issue of the government, especially being involved in student loans, and you're talking about the the the, the government backed and the government offered student loans that then have become a political football wherein they now want to suggest and and put forward the idea of forgiving those student loans. And this is a, I just want, I can't almost highlight enough how wicked this actually is. So you start off with taxing people in order to lend to students. So instead of you being responsible for your own children and your own um, the, your own payments for their their education and so forth, the government is taxing you and then loaning it back to you at interest. And um, now they so they they take your money, they lend it to students who are required, expected then to pay it back and pay it back with interest. And then in the middle of that, they change the terms midstream. So jubilee was a form of debt forgiveness that was baked into the calendar. And it was, it was, everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody knew what they were getting into. The terms were going to be clear and it was always set. It was always set. There was always Jubilee on the calendar. So you knew what you were doing and it was always going to be temporary. You would never have generational debt in that system. But in this form, you're changing the terms midstream and, and, and that debt was actually there. You took people's money, you, you, you lent it, you redistribute—that's a form of redistribution, right? You've lent it out to a certain group of people, and now you say you don't have to pay it back and make be good, make good on that to the government who lent it to you. Um, that is a one of the reasons why I suggest that that's why they want to do this is because that is classic, pure socialistic redistribution. You've taken the people's money and you've given it away to a group of people. Worse, I think just just worse than that, it is creating a character and a behavior of irresponsibility among all those whose huge whose debt you have forgiven. Um, part part of our president's announcement on this is that it actually will help the economy. Was his opinion? He is completely wrong. Every one of these people that these student fool. loans right are, are forgiven of will go further into debt because now they have more debt that they have access to to go into. And so they're just going to take that 300 a month that they were paying off on that loan and they're going to go further into debt. Well, and another element of this is this is, this is very much a slap in the face. It is an inequity to all those people who did have student loans and paid them back. And to all those truck drivers that are out there that finance their own small the business and the electricians and the plumbers and it's arbitrary right. because you are you are uh, you are forgiving loan you're taking the people's money you're lending it out to students and then making a special class of people who are forgiven their their loans but those all these other loans of the people who are actually out there producing uh, those aren't forgiven. You're buying white collar votes is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening. So, which which shows you it's corruption. Oh. It's it's a corruption entirely. It is partiality to buy votes, right. which is the definitionally corruption. Right. Um. So a, a number of different principles we've been talking about here. Um. It's important for us to work through these. Another element of, of borrowing and lending, let's talk about some principles in the church, okay? 
So when it comes to relationships in the church and dealing with people who are uh, maybe getting a start, maybe needing a restart, maybe people on the poorer end of the spectrum versus people in the church who are uh, more well-off and are um, in a positive wealth position uh, financially, when it comes to lending to uh, and borrowing from in within the, the church relationships, it is extremely important then to keep your commitments, right. um, to not charge interest to each other, to don't... And I, I, I want to now make that connection to the New Testament. Uh, I want to suggest that this is a principle that we need to bring, bring back and apply to the people of God in the New Testament. Um, we, we don't have the national state wherein the constitution of... Uh, each each country around the world is uh, is God's law. However, in our own dealings, in our own co- Christian communities, our local church communities, wherein we have dealings with each other, um, it, it's important that we, um, I think, apply these biblical principles. These are principles of love. These are God's standards. Now we don't have jubilee because we don't have we don't have the levers of control. That would be a valuable thing for a, a Christian nation, perhaps, to put into play if it were following all of these principles. But uh, but in terms of the way in which we um, have dealings with one another, uh, we we want to make sure that we don't let money separate our relationships. Um, that uh, we want to be generous with one another. That love needs to be that uh, that guiding principle, and uh, that investment in each other is important. And um, all of these things can be done and should be done in the church. And I want to say that that's a better, even though it it uh, at times can be messy because people in the church are still sinners. Um, but that doesn't mean it isn't right. It it's it's not that it's not messy outside in the world. Yeah, yeah. So we can we can go to outsiders. We can go to unbelievers. We can go to um, we can go to to banks that are are not uh, necessarily. Uh, godly or have the right types of uh, good types of investments and so forth. Uh, it, it doesn't make it just better and easier to go outside of our community. We we should, I think, maximize our relationships within the church. And talk about again a powerhouse. An interest free loan is puts you in a position of power. We ought to be able to work with one another and build the economy of the church to grow in such a way that we receive the blessings of God and we love one another. Yeah, and you know, you, you've heard me say this a hundred times, but I'll say it again. And this this is discipleship. This is truly discipleship. Right. This is is growing in love for each other, not just through theology, but it's actually the practical use of God's design and theology in everyday use. So you are loaning or loaning or taking a loan, mm-hmm. you are growing to know that person better. And you're you're investing into that person's life both in success and in failure, both mm-hmm. in success and in failure. So, well, sometimes we think, you know, it's just easier if the iron isn't clashing against the iron. It is easier. It is easier, <laughs> but you also don't get sharp, do you? Not only right? that, but iron sharpens iron. Yeah, but you're not participating in God's success either. That's right. So you're avoiding the failures by not participating in God's design. That's right. Which is really sad. Also, we can justify our own greediness. We can justify our own hoarding. Right. We can justify our own faithlessness uh, because we want to protect ourselves. See, then everything you have is yours instead right. of understanding that it's all God's and that you're to use it for his purpose. So it, it changes the dynamic and it turns you into somebody that is unbiblical at that point. You're, you're not following God's principles because he can make that all disappear tomorrow. Like it's, there was famine in the land. 
Joseph had the barns full, but everyone else didn't plan for it. There was famine. I'm sure you'll talk about this in other contexts and, and in future, maybe even episodes, but also in some of the teaching at church. Jim, you've talked before about the, your personal finances and your concept. Um, I remember one of the f- early things that you communicated is uh, your job was to make the money and it was your wife's job to give it away. Right. Right. Uh, but there was something about that as you guys have seen the, um, the way in which you held on to The looser money, we held it, the more he did with it. And I mean him. Th- that's what I'm talking about. And all I about. did was work. And, and I can't over, overemphasize this enough. Work is work, but don't, don't make it anything more than that. It's just you're to do your job and work at what, you, at what you're doing, but it's nothing more than that. And then the blessings and the curses come from God. He chooses what to do with it. It's, I love that parable with the, the three workers where the one shows up at eight, gets 20 bucks a day. The one shows up at noon, gets 20 bucks a day. And the one at two gets 20 bucks a day. God chooses what he does with it. Yeah. And what we do is we wind up looking at other people. We wind up looking across instead of up. So, But the idea of generosity, uh, we think of that as losing. Oh, no. We're, we are so blessed through that. The, 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 uh, I just think about that, that couple where we chose to do that. We chose to give them back at the end of it. I mean, I, I suspect that if we called Jay right now, he would do just about anything he could for us. Does that make any sense? Like, it, yeah. it's just, that is an investment that we made into God's kingdom, but it still can pay even in this current time. And mm-hmm. if things went really south, not that I would ever call Jay, but I mean, I really believe that that would be my attitude if somebody did that for me. Because what you're doing is you're you're building love equity. Yeah, you're indebted to that person because he chose to love me. That's right. Guess oh, what? How could I not debt. love him back? Right. Hey, if he's in need, I want to. I'd want to make sure that I was there right. to return the favor. Right. Uh, but it, I think what we do in the church too often is that we we isolate ourselves. We don't live as a family and as a and as a community, uh, a mini economy. We we just have our business dealings out in the world, and we're not thoughtful enough about the ways in which we can um, lend to um, the ways in which we can give, right. the way in which we can be generous, the way in which we can invest in the people. And it, sometimes that's that's taking a risk, but um, but it's applying the principles and being wise. Uh, and it can get messy. Oh, it, it will. It, it will in the world as well. The difference is in the world, you just go, oh, they're worldly. We hate them. And we walk away or whatever it is, right. or, or, or we, we lick our wounds. And When and you get hurt in the church, you actually have to still work with them. And yeah, and you have to love them, right? Um, or you run away and just go to another church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the uh, no, that's not what we do. No. But the the idea though is that you um, you you ought to want to be engaged with each other, and if you can be engaged in these areas as well, and just the the opportunities for love and sharpening of yourself as we engage with each other, I think that's important. And again, I, we go back to the definition of money. Money is just an exchange of service or product. You can loan your expertise. You can loan your time. There are so many things that you can loan to that, you know, we think of loans as bad, but they're not. They're actually good. You're, you're giving of your expertise to somebody else. And as we said, as we said, the entire economic system is lending and borrowing right. on some level, right? Whether yep. it's even, it might even be as short as a day, right? right. You can be a day laborer and that is a debt debtor relationship. Yep. Um, but then we have bigger concepts and there's a, uh, there's a lot more we can get into. Maybe we'll, we'll pick some of this up next time, but we, uh, we can talk more about the idea of, of wisdom regarding debt. 
wisdom regarding uh, how we go about what, what we finance and, and what we want to pay in cash. I think we should talk also about uh, principles regarding uh, church debt. Is, is that a, a forbidden thing? Is uh, How should we think about those things? Um, uh, maybe we'll even touch on the idea of the national debt and some of the issues regarding wow. that. But there's uh, there's a lot more. These are wonderful topics. But um, I hope this has been a, a valuable and edifying time for you. But that's all the time that we have for truth today. And until next time, we hope that you will uh, continue to glorify God in your life as we uh, are sanctified in the truth. God's word is truth. Thank you.